rising on an emerging generation of kings. Genesis 22, from verse 1 to verse uh, 11 for now, and then I think we'll pick some verses later. If you're there, can you say amen? Amen. That amen sounds like it's just warming up. Somebody say amen. Amen. Now it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham. God had made promises to Abraham, but God tested Abraham. Please look at your neighbor and say, you will never possess the promise without a test. Let me just say this now. When you have the promise and you have a test, don't end up with a protest. (laughs) Because when some of us see the test coming after the promise, we just remove the miss and put the pro and the test. We begin to protest against God and go like, God, answers. And the delay, and the complication, and the worry. The test is a part of the process. Oh, it is my year of spreading with speed. It's going to be tested. Some of you have been tested already. Oh, can I have somebody this morning? (laughs) It came to pass after this thing. So guess what? The devil tempts, but God tests. And both the temptation of the devil and the test of God are opportunities for worship. God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, what did he say? Here I am. Verse 2, then he said, take now your son, and to be specific, I'm not talking about Ishmael, I'm talking about Isaac, your only son, the one that came from your loins, whom you love, the son of covenant, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering. Say what, say what, say what? God, you say? I don't really understand what you're saying. Transmission, transmission. The network is not clear. (laughs) Your son, your only son. Offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. Verse 3. So Abraham rose early in the morning and saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son and split the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. Then on the third day, so that journey was a long journey. On the third day, Abraham lifted his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said to his young men stay here with the donkey let's read the next line together the lad and I will go yonder and worship and we will come back to you that is a very heavy statement but I'll touch on it later so Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac his son and he took the fire in his hand and a knife and the two of them went together but Isaac spoke to Abraham his father and said my father daddy mark by me now <laughs> notice what Abraham said here I am my son 
When God spoke to Abraham, Abraham said, here I am. When the son spoke to Abraham, Abraham said, here I am. Then he said, look, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? That's what Isaac was saying. I can see the wood, I can see the fire, where's the burnt offering? <laughs> oh, God, you had the burnt offering. <laughs> Listen, when God says sacrifice something and you can't seem to place your finger on what he's asking for as a sacrifice, he's asking for you as the sacrifice. For some of you are like, God, I've sold prophets offering, but God, I've given up my boyfriend, but God, I've given up smoking, drinking. God said, I'm looking for you, not just your bad habits. <laughs> this quietness you are doing this morning, are you ready for this message? You're like, God, but I'm my bad habit. No, God is looking for more than that. Why? Because before Adam committed any sin at all, God wanted all of him. God does not just want you being separated from the things that you've done wrong. God wants you separated from lower levels of yourself in him. Yes, now the height of worship is not just consecration and separation from sin. The height of worship is separation from your previous level of intimacy with God. Oh my God, help me. <laughs> is somebody here this morning? Which means that for you to go deeper in worship in 2023, you're going to go into a deeper level of intimacy with God than you did last year. It does not mean that you were stuck in an addiction. It does not mean that you were doing irigberigberism last year. But God is saying, where I'm taking you to, you have never been there before. Yes, Some people are like, I want to stay where I've been. <laughs> first things first. Somebody shout first things first. <laughs> and then Abraham said in verse 8, my son, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering. So the two of them went together. Verse 9, then they came to a place, to the place of which God had told him. And Abraham built an altar there and placed the wood in order. And he bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar upon the wood. Verse 10, and Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham. And what does it say? Three, here I am. So write this down. The first thing in worship is to be present in his presence. Have you noticed why the enemy fights you so much when you want to worship? Have you noticed that? Come on, talk to me. Have you noticed that? Privately, when you're trying to worship in your room, you're like, God said we should go into the secret place. Lock yourself. Have you locked yourself behind the door before and you were so distracted? Yeah. Oh, no, you guys are speaking to me. You're like, oh, there's a whole crowd everywhere. There's a whole crowd. <laughs> and guess what? Let me just separate myself. But even though there was nobody distracting you, have you caught yourself distracting yourself? Yes. So one of the greatest opponents to your worship is the distraction that yourself causes yourself. 
And one of the major things that happens is that we put ourselves a lot as the center of attraction. Write this down. Anytime you are the center of attraction, you are the source of distraction. Source of distraction. This is important for us to set uh, as a template for the rest of the year. God does not just want you to have like a fantastic year where you have all your goals scored, you have all the things on your expectation list ticked off, where you have your nice car and your nice house and your nice jackpot plans already evolving with quick succession. <laughs> <laughs> God doesn't just want that. God wants you for himself. He said, I am a jealous God. That jealousy does not mean that I hate having any other thing. He said, I hate other things having you. That God doesn't have a problem with you having things. He has a challenge with things having you. Why? You were not created for things. Things were created for you. You were created for him. He said, thou hast created all things and for thy pleasure they were and are created. So all things were created for him. And those things were created for you so that you can be free to worship. So whenever I begin to chase things, guess what happens? I become a captive of things and I don't become a priest in spite of things. I was created to worship. The whole redemptive plan is a plan of worship. Redemption is a call to worship. Let me show you a couple of things from the book of Exodus. Let's start from chapter 7. God sent, we looked at that, the burning bush last week, and that's where we closed last week. God sent Moses and said, go to Pharaoh and tell Pharaoh to let my people go. Exodus chapter 7 verse 16, 7 verse 16. Thank you. And he shall say to him, who? Say to Pharaoh, who's he speaking to? Come on, be confident. Can you say louder? <laughs> That's better. And you shall say to Pharaoh, the Lord God of the Hebrews has sent me to you, saying, let my people go that they may serve me where? In the wilderness, but indeed until now, you will not hear. Give me the NLT. I prefer what the NLT says because the NLT uses a word. Do you have it, media? Help us. Let me read it. Whilst in the king for it. It says, Then announce to Pharaoh, announce, declare, proclaim, shout, and make it loud. The Lord, the God of the Hebrews, has sent me to tell you, let my people go so they can worship me where? In the wilderness, but so far, you have not listened. Now, where did God call them to worship? Where? In the wilderness. So, you don't necessarily need a good environment for you to worship. Oh, come on. When God called Israel as a nation to worship him, he doesn't call them to an AC chilled building. He doesn't call them to a place with nice sofas and nice chairs, a wonderful Bentley and a fantastic chariot. He calls them into a wilderness to worship. The proof of my worship is not about how comfortable I am. <laughs> A 
it's about what is the purity, what is the essence, what is the value, what is the weight, even when the conditions are not desirable. Can I announce to you that many of us in this generation, we have become spoiled. Oh, so when the sound is not right, you're already distracted. Whereas in the days of a prophet called Ayobabalala, there was no PA system. There was no social media, no Instagram to publicize their meetings. All they had was their vocal cords and their hearts filled with gratitude. And they will raise their voices and they will cry unto God. But some of us were so easily distracted. You've forgotten the 1980s. Ask your parents or maybe your grandparents for some of you. That when they came to church, it was under a tree or it was on an old rock somewhere. On the backside somewhere. Or they had no comfortable chairs. They had benches. But now some of you are like, let me just sit down you're so comfortable in that chair but I came to call somebody to a new level of worship that whether it's by the water side or the wilderness I will still worship there is an Abraham generation let me explain when God spoke to Abraham the first place it was in the place of his comfort zone his house and when God called him he said here I am at the end of the reading when it was three days traveled into a difficult place a high mountain with weary legs and tired hands. When God still called, he still said, here I am. Some people in this generation, they are only there when the AC is on. They are only there when the generator is on. They are only there when they get their dream job or their dream wife or their dream husband. But can I look for somebody? Can I find just one person who will always say, here I am. I got the job, here I am. I didn't get the job, here I am. Things worked out, here I am. Things did not quite work out, here I am. Volume. Uh, this uh, the, the visa came through. Here I am. The visa was denied. Here I am because I have a visa into the heart of God. And it does not matter what the enemy is throwing as a tantrum. My God is big enough to defend me. Strong enough to uplift me. Deep enough to defend me. Are you here? Is there a here I am generation where tears flowing down my faces not knowing what's going to happen next month or even next week? Here I am. Oh, yes, I lost my Instagram account. Here I am. My Instagram account is growing. Here I am. People love my posts. Here I am. People don't like my posts. Here I am. I am present in his presence because he is the presence for my life. Is there a here I am person here? Is there a presence person? See, let me show you. I wrote this down earlier this morning. The tenses of worship. The tenses of worship. God never wants you tense in his presence. Even if you gather in tents. And the worship is intense. He doesn't want you in past tense where you're concerned about the past or future tense where you're concerned about the future or pretense when you're standing outside of yourself but he wants you in present without the tense because he's your present tense. Many of us cannot worship. Why? We are living in past tense. We're living in regret. We're living in shame. We're living in reproach. And every time you live in that, guess who's at the center of it all? You. And many of us cannot worship because we're living in future tense. 
I, I, I hope I get married this year. Listen, even if you don't get married, your heavenly father knows what you need. And he has a way of recalibrating. See, worship is not about I must. The only must is that they that worship must. Worship is spirit and in truth. Worship is not I must get. Worship is I must serve him. Oh, some people are not ready to worship this year. Guess what? They are so, so self-conscious. Some of them are holding their hands like this. Some of them are seated on their chairs. But is there anybody who's really ready for worship? Is there anybody who's really ready for worship? I'm not trying to just instruct you. I'm trying to activate something on the inside of you. Please look at two people, tell them, you are too small for your life to be about your life. So listen, please. All that demonstration in Egypt. Did you see all the demonstrations? All the miracles in Egypt. Turn water to blood. Cause flies to fly everywhere. Frogs entering the places. What was it for? Let my people go that they may. So the end point of the miracles in your life are worship. Or is worship. The end point of every act of God in your life is what? So why not worship before you see the act? If the end point is worship, why not start from the end? Are you seeing the deception of the enemy? Where he wants you so, to be so anxious. In other words, the enemy wants you to see God as a performer. Because he, the devil, is a performer. And when you're performing, you might not be acting according to your character. You're acting out the script. If he can reduce God to performance in your life, he has created another idol for you. God says, I'm God even without performing nothing. <laughs> <laughs> are you here I own the cattle on a thousand hills I've been God before I created anything my creativity is not what makes me God I create because I am God so even in the absence of my creativity I'm still God from age to age, I'm still the same. I am the first and I am the last. I'm the beginning and I'm the ending. I'm the source and I'm the cause. Says, let my people go that they may worship. Somebody shout, let me go. Think about the greatest destruction in your life and shout, I am free from you. I love the energy, but keep the picture in your mind, whatever that feed is, and say, I am free to worship. I am free to shout. I am free to dance. I am free to fly. I am free to run. I am free to express. Can I get somebody to express something they've never expressed before in worship? Can I get somebody to jump and dance and tap their feet? Can I get somebody to shake themselves out of their lethargy? If you are sitting on your chair, I'm sorry to say, but you are quite wrong right about now. Every part of your body must worship. Every part of your being must holler. Every part of your soul must cry out. Somebody shout unto God. Must worship. 
So Exodus 7, verse 16, he said, let my people go that they may worship. Exodus 8, verse 1. Exodus 8, verse 1. Then the Lord said to Moses, this is the second time, the Lord said to Moses, go into Pharaoh and tell him, this is what the Lord says, let my people go that they may give me the worship one. That they may, you had it right before. That they may. So if God is setting you free from anything, he's setting you free to worship. The end point of every miracle is worship. Unfortunately, we have turned the miracles into the gods that we choose to worship. How do I know? If you call people and say, oh, we're having a worship meeting. I'm not just talking about praise. I'm not talking about having your fancy superstar artists. Oh, come on now. Can I talk? We thank God for all the big names. We thank God for all the big voices and what God is doing in the nations of the earth. But can I tell you something? Many people that go to all the big names with the big artists go because of the artists. Can we talk? Oh, can I scatter some tables? Will they still show up if Chandler Moore is not there? If Nathaniel Bassey is not there, if Dunsi is not, are you here now? Now, get it right, have no qualms and no issues with that. But it begins to tell us that there's a generation that is more attracted to the names of the worship leaders than the name of the God they worship. And how do you know? The way you know the impact of worship is not what's happening whilst you're worshiping, is who you come to be after the worship act is over. <laughs> because Cain and Abel, both of them did acts of worship. But the power of the acts of worship was an after the worship. After offering the fruit, Abel's fruit dried up. After offering the blood, the blood of Cain's sacrifice spoke. Oh, come on now. So the power of worship is not how loud my voice is when I'm singing. It's how loud the message of my life is after I've stopped singing. Can I just propose to many people that many of us have not really been in worship. Many of us have been in the motions. Oh, if you can't say amen, say yeah. Say ouch. Say mercy, Lord. So let my people go. I love this background. So let my people go that they may worship me. Yet, when they come out of Egypt, they don't worship God. What do we see them doing? Protests, complain, vilify, analyze. Isn't that what, what many believers still do in the Nigerian church? Oh, come on now. <laughs> what percentage of your life is actually worship? Because many times, the reason we play those worship songs is because we like the songs. 
because there's a level of worship where you're worshiping because you like the singer. Then there's a level where you worship because you like the song. But true worship is that you like the one the songs are written about. Oh, I don't love the energy you all are giving me this morning. You're absorbing it. If it's heating, be saying, mm. And so people will get to heaven and be surprised that they attended 2,675 worship meetings, but only to registered as worship. Because sometimes you give yourself expression, but there is no God impression. And worship leaders, sometimes when you're leading worship, you're actually leading yourself into popularity, into acceptability. Leading with the intent that during review, they'll be like, ah, the worship heats today. Same thing for preachers. Oh, can we talk now? Is this good? And so there are many people even in this house, even in this house, sometimes the worship is on and people are looking like this. What are you doing? Look at them and say, what are you doing? Look at them and say, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm not saying yo, whoa, whoa. He said, all the miracles was not about them. Watch this. It was not about them becoming famous, becoming feared, becoming dreaded amongst the nations. Those were byproducts. God said, the reason I'm walking my mighty acts is I want to bring you to worship. Somebody say, here I am. You know, there's that song. I think we sang it today. Did you sing it today? Here I am to worship. No, we sang, I give myself away. Here I am to worship. Here I am to say. And I'm not thinking about me, I'm thinking about you. You're all together. So what exactly is worship? Let me let me give us a third one. A third one. Exodus 9 verse 13. So you can see that God kept emphasizing it. Moses, this is not about you becoming a superstar. Israel, this is not about you becoming famous. Then the Lord said, give me the one that says worship. Then the Lord said to Moses, rise early in the morning. Present yourself because worship requires presence. Carry yourself as an instrument of worship into Pharaoh's place and announce my glory. Tell him, this is what the Lord, the God of the Hebrews says. Let my people go that they may. So let me tell you what. Every bondage or captivity the enemy sends in your way is to obstruct your worship. So don't fall for it. 
And for some of you, the enemy has mastered your cycles. He knows that if I want to start from reading the Bible or singing and come to the garden of believers, all I need is just one distraction. Say this one, let our phone screen just break. That's the end of consecration for the next three weeks. That's why the Bible says, in all things, give thanks because even though my phone screen is broken, my destiny is not. <laughs> the enemy knows. So like this one, let us let someone just say, share. It said some other input, they don't even need in share. Let someone just say. See, they're so touchy, so sensitive to their flesh and not to the spirit they carry. Oh, can we talk now? See, they're so petty. They have to treat them like a pet. Mm, whiskey, whiskey, come on, have some pet food. Mm, puppy, puppy love. Look, your neighbor, see, that's not me any longer. That's not me. So the enemy knows that if I want to hold them, what do I do? I keep them in bondage, a bond that has lasted for an age, and that stops their worship. They are so bonded to their social media that anytime they want to sing a song, the moment something pops up, they will click out of the song they're watching and go into the bomb bomb they are shaking. And they are wondering why they are not shaking the nations. Because they are already shaking something else. Can I shake some tables? You can be watching bomb bomb and see God. God does not hide inside bomb bomb. talk right now. <laughs> so shake off the beast into the fire. Not shake bomb bomb into people's faces. Look at your neighbor say, I, I don't know about me, but it's talking about you. <laughs> So the operations of the devil are to obstruct your worship. Every addiction in your life is to obstruct your worship. Every bad habit in your life is not about the habits. Do you understand that? Yes, sir. Adultery is not about adultery. The enemy does not grow fatter because you spilled your sperm. Or you took it in from somebody. So it's not about the body fluids. It's about the spiritual implications. Can we talk now? If you're looking so serious, I'm suspecting you right now. Don't let me go deep now. We're doing BDSM next month. But some of you, listen, the only thing you should swallow this year is the word of God. In fact, all of you. Look at an evil say, I'm so innocent, I don't even know what that's all about. 
I prefer the other background to this one. So it was all about worship. Somebody says it's all about worship. Please listen to this. The first act of worship, the first act of worship was in Genesis 4. But the first announcement of worship is in the text, Genesis 22. So the first person who spoke worship, who used worship for worship, and that Hebrew word is shakar, which means to choose to be broken under God or to choose to be depressed under the weight of God's glory. That's to willfully surrender yourself to the weight of somebody else's importance. That's what shaka is. Somebody say shaka. Say shaka shaka. Shaka shaka. So when the enemy is trying to do shaka shaka, shaka shaka, you worship worship when it's trying to wash you away, even though you're God's sheep. But the first act was in Genesis 4. That's Cain and Abel bringing an offering unto God, a burnt offering. So what was happening before Genesis 4? Worship was not supposed to be reduced to an act. <laughs> because Adam did not offer any burnt offering, but he was created to worship. So worship goes beyond burnt offering. In fact, you can go with burnt offering and not be worshiping. You can sing and not be worshipping. You can give a fat offering and it's not considered worship. You can play the hottest chords until the keys melt. <laughs> and it's not worship. You can preach up a storm and people are lost in the cyclone and it's not worship. You can preach off the black of your face until you look white. And it's not worship. So what is worship? Paul helps us understand it in Romans 12. He said, brethren, I beseech you by the mercies of God that you what? What's that word? What's that word? What's the noun for that word? Present is the verb. Present. So when you say, here I am, what is that? What is that? Presence. So worship starts with presence. Whenever I am present, knowing that he is present, and I present my presence as a present to his presence, I'm in worship. Whether I'm singing or not. I'll show you. So how did Adam worship without a burnt offering, without killing any animal? Adam worshiped the way Paul said. He said, present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. So how did Adam do it? Adam was always present in his presence. Worship is not about the song. Worship is about the presence. Because my tongue can sing, but my heart has strayed. Oh, come on now. So how do I know Adam was always worshiping? He was always present. He lived a life of worship, so he didn't have to validate it with acts of worship. Adam was not running after acts of worship. He lived a life of worship. The life of a believer was never supposed to be a life as I please. Then Sunday I present acts of worship. Why? Because even if it's not Sunday, the Sunday here. You know what worship is? I'm not watching that stuff because I know God is present. 
I'm not giving them a piece of my mind because I know God is present. <laughs> I'm not taking what's not mine because I know God is present. I'm not doing waka, waka, waka. I say, ah, bless you. Because I know God is, that is worship. The reason Nigeria is still in a very funny state in spite of all the songs going on this morning is because we have trained people into offering acts of worship and we haven't discipled people in living lives of worship. I hope you're sharing this on the group because a lot of people that are following who are still in the village. Are you here now? Somebody say, Lord, I choose to live a life of worship. So Adam sinned. And the moment Adam sinned, don't forget what I said. God tested Abraham. The devil didn't tempt Abraham. It was not. How many of you know that one action can be a test? But in a different context, the same action is a temptation. The same action. <laughs> so like how? What makes it a test or a temptation is who is asking the question or who's giving the instruction. It's not the act itself that makes it the deal. So let me give you an example. God said to Abraham, take your son, your only son, whom you love, will come there, and go to one of the mountains of Moriah and offer him as a sacrifice. Was that a temptation or a test? A test. Are you sure? In Matthew 4, when the devil comes and says to Jesus, if you are really the son of God, throw yourself off this mountain. Was that a temptation or a test? Did both of them include the death of somebody's son? So there are people who have yielded to the devil's temptation giving up major components of their future thinking it was God. Because they did not understand the voice of the father. There are people who, have, who would kill their children. Do you know the people that sacrifice their children in Eastern religion? I don't mean the religion. The Orient. Till today, people offer up their children. A king offered up his son in the Bible to cast the forces of the cosmos, demonic powers, to work against the opponent. Are you here? Yes, so, worship starts with what? Presence where? And presenting my presence as a present in his presence. So, the moment Adam was tempted and he gawked it, someone say Adam gawked it. He had an opportunity to worship, but he missed it. Because every temptation and every test is an opportunity to worship. Yeah. Every test is from God, every temptation is from the devil. The devil cannot test you. Why? It's only somebody who is your teacher that can test you. So even when it sets a test, it's actually a temptation. Oh, come on now. <laughs> and you resist the devil and he will flee. Amen. Now, God can never tempt you. God only tests you. 
Because to tempt you means I want you to fall below your current status. God never wants you to reduce. He always wants you to increase. Because to the increase of his kingdom, there shall be no... And you've been trusted from darkness, Colossians 1 verse 13, into the kingdom of his dear son. So if he wants his kingdom to increase, God's desire for you is constant and never-ending increase. Oh, come on now. So that temptation did not come from God. The test came from God. Are you here? What was the test? Of all the trees in the garden, you may not eat. Sorry. You may eat freely, but of this one you shall not eat. Is that a temptation or a test? It's a test. The enemy comes and says, but this one, this one, this one. And then we see, watch this now. We see the anatomy of test and temptation. Because worship will flow or is expected to flow out of both of them. What's the anatomy of the test? The test from God shows you the abundance of options. Of all the trees you may eat. The temptation shows you the one thing that God wants that it says give to me. So temptation increases when you focus on what you think you lack. <laughs> oh, come on now. There were thousands and thousands and thousands of species of fruits. But the enemy just wanted to highlight the one that God said, keep that one for me. Because what is worship? Let me give you this definition for those who didn't have it. Well, nobody will have it because this is my definition. <laughs> worship is the willful and conscious recognition and celebration of the abilities and the attributes of a being you consider superior. This is my personal definition. Worship is the conscious, requires consciousness. Here I am, someone say here I am. The conscious and willful recognition and celebration of the abilities and the attributes of a being or a thing, people worship things, that you consider superior. Everybody, let's read that together. Let's say that together. Please, 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 let me ask, how many of you did not write it? Just be very honest. Just, you didn't write it, okay? I'll take it that either you, you know, your brain is electric. <laughs> let's say it together. Let's take it one after the other. Worship is the conscious and willful. So when we are singing and you are not conscious, are you worshiping? When we are singing and you are conscious of how your makeup looks, are you worshiping? When we're making declarations and you're picking your nose, 
Look at your neighbor, say, don't pick your nose. Pick your nose. Don't P-I-C-K your N-O-S-E. P-E-A-K your K-N-O-W-S. Heighten what you know in the spirit. Go again, what's worship? Please, let's read at a corporate pace. Worship is the willful unconscious. It being or a thing they consider superior. So how many of you will be honest enough to say, based on this, I've worshipped celebrities before? Come on, listen. If you've posted about a Beyonce video or Kiss Daniel's video and whatever and all of that, and you've hyped it, don't shake your head. It's not a fight. Something like... I can almost tell that you've worshipped yourself with that degree of aggression. Raise your hand. Willful, conscious, celebration. And this is the key word in worship. You consider it superior. How do you consider it superior? You will give up stuff for that thing. So you've posted video clips of fallen people, but one clip of your pastor's message or his wife's teaching you have never posted. Oh, come on now. See, because worship is a very practical thing. Yeah. Oh, come on now. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> See, I love God. I love God. Nobody on your timeline knows. Or anytime you post, it's about yourself. So you post about your church, but you be the one in the center. Look at your neighbor. Look at your neighbor. Look at your neighbor. Look at your neighbor. Are y'all, are y'all highlighting some? How many look for three, but tell them if it be you or if it be you, if it be you. <laughs> your story, your Insta story is instantly filled with stories of everybody else but the God you claim to love. Self-worship. You consider yourself superior to yourself. How great I am. Sings my soul, my own self now to me. Now, nobody sings that, but most people do that because yeah. worship goes beyond songs. There was no keyboard in the Garden of Eden, but Adam was a worshiper. How do I know? Because he had constant communion with God. The Bible says that God will come to him in the cool of the evening. So worship as a routine. Psalm 119 verse 164. Psalm 119 verse 164. David said seven times a day I will praise you. David was not a jobless NYSE, a Jewyati, a Mobitimo Jewyasi. 
What's Ajuwaya? Ajuwaya is as you wire for people that cannot speak English. But Ajuwaya means to throw the wire. So what I said was, Ajuwaya, I threw the wire and I don't know where I kept the wire. Right? He wasn't that kind of person. It's like, eh, but David was a hustler. No! He was a busy king. If a king could take out seven times a day, please look at your neighbor and say, You are not trying, you're not trying, you're not trying. Everybody read this. Seven times a day I praise you. Watch this. Not because you have given me seven testimonies that day. center of worship even a fallen unbeliever with sense would thank anybody that does them good that's not worship because unbelievers cannot worship God um, worship has a routine and worship has a root in for those who have their roots in the unbeliever does not have roots in Christ and does not have a root in to Christ because he has not accepted the finished work, his conscience has not been purged with pure water and the blood of Jesus. His sins, even though God has forgiven him, he has not obtained the forgiveness of sins. Are you here? So unbelievers, thank God. I've, I've not seen all those people, celebrities. Uh, I, I just want to thank God. I just want to thank God. I'm a thank me. I just want to thank me for not giving up on me. <laughs> for not giving up. I found our video so hilarious. I'm like, oh God, calm down. I, are you here? For those who don't know that what the video is, a popular video of Snoop. The Snoop Doggy Dog. Dog, dog. I'll say that because worship is intimacies and dogs can be intimate with God. There's a D-O-G in G-O-D, but God is not a dog. Even if you put him in reverse. You don't do that. I won't go further because it's not BDSM because something just came through my mind. Seven times a day. I praise you because Ishumita. My yam has ta. That's not what it says. Seven times a day will I praise you because I got seven people trying to marry me all at once. Seven times a day will I praise you because, oh, the darkness in my blood pressure is right. No, seven times I will praise you because of your. In other words, God, no matter how you judge this situation, you are right. And I'm going to wind it down. Are you here? God, you are right. So whilst I'm waiting for the results I think I deserve, I will praise the God I know I don't deserve. Come on now, can I talk? Whilst I'm waiting for everything to make sense, I'll give God praise that does not make sense. Whilst I'm waiting for everything to add up, I'm going to give God praise to the one who gets everything sorted out. Nobody can be a better calculator than the one who invented mathematics. 
See, God is such a big calculator that no matter how big the numbers you put in him, he will never show error. Who, who am I preaching to this morning? Because some of you seem so self-conscious with yourself. You know how you take your phone thing and you put 1 billion times 375,000 divided by 2 square root of 5. Error, error, error. God said, put all the digits in me. I can handle it. Put all the requests in me. I can handle it. Put all your burdens on me. I can handle it. Put all your stress and your cares and your fears. Put them on me because I can handle it. As a matter of fact, in the Hebrew, one of the words for worship is shakar, which means to intentionally depress yourself under the weight of somebody's importance or glory. But one of the words for that in Greek is therapia. One of the words for worship is therapia, which means it's therapy. What it means is that when I choose to bow before God, I will come out as if I'm coming out of a therapy session. Because God, your judgments are righteous. In that worship session, I have my coach, I have my counselor, I have my therapist, I have my mentor, I have my big brother, I have my helper, I have my comforter. I'm talking about Jesus and the Holy Spirit working in me, working through me, working for me, working on me, working around me, working under me to lift me, working above me to humble me, working beside me to guide me, working in front of me to advance me, working behind me to defend me. I'm all immersed and all submerged. God says, I want to be so into you and you so into me that we're so intermingled, commingled, intertwined and meshed and shrined that when they see you, they see me. When they see me, they see you. And when your situation sees you coming out of that place, it goes, who be that guy? They say, well, it's one bit in fire, clothed in glory, anointed by the oil of God. When you go into intense worship with acts of worship based on a life of worship. What you're doing is that you're putting fire on the oil and everything around you has to respond to the fire. Is there anybody who's saying this year 2023 I'm going to adopt this strategy from David and I will just give God a praise break. I'll give God, give me my steps a praise break. David says seven times a day I will praise you. When Kenneth used to work with me, she would set an alarm for different things. I thought I her name was Alamiese because she had an alarm for everything. She had an alarm for Bible study, for tongues, for picking up the groceries. For some of you need to set a praise alarm. Shabalataya. This one, you just shandle. Shambalakatova. Bring it to Laba. And people will say, What happened? And did you just get a testimony? What happened? He said, God happened. He happened in my lungs. He happened in my breath. He happened in my understanding. He happened in my life. He happened in my salvation. He happened in my redemption. Please help me look for seven people. I find a neighbor and tell them worship. Worship. Fatima worship seven times a day. I praise you because you will judge this matter right. So let's go to our text. In our text, our exit the bed and the second says, but in our text, God speaks to Abraham. Let me go back a little bit. I'll come back here. This is the deal. Worship has to do with presence, right? Here I am, right? 
How many times does Abraham say it in the text? Three times. Here I am. When we go to Hebrews, possibly in the second service, he said that we have a high priest who is our foreigner who has entered into the most holies of holies. And he said he forever liveth to make intercession. He's ever present. The Bible says the very present help in time of need. So it's worship that makes me present in his presence. He is always there. But worship makes me conscious of his presence. So I present myself as a present to the God who is present and deserves all the presence. So watch this now. The moment Adam sinned, he was no longer present. How do I know? Because when God comes, it says, Adam, where are you? Because the announcement of the worshiper is, here I am. So the address of the believer is worship. <laughs> Do you see why complaining always brings misalignment? Yeah. 1,000 words of complaint do not equal one line of worship. But one line of worship can resolve a thousand complaints. Why are you worshiping righteous judgment? I said, here I am. Now look at what it says. It said, take your child, your only child, your only son, whom you love. He's very specific. Don't go and think it's Ishmael. Because that one you didn't wait. You shot your shots and you killed it. You saw the seed. Boom. Nine months. <laughs> and Adam goes, <laughs> so you can see, no, we made Get the problem. <laughs> At least Hagar now. And Hagar started doing Haga Haga. <laughs> when the enemy does Shaka Shaka, you do what? Shaka Shaka. But don't involve Shakur. Right? And don't share alcohol. Why am I looking in that direction? So, you know some gestures are prophetic. I'm not saying that's one of them, but who knows? Said <laughs> so here I am, verse two. <laughs> Stick your child, your only child, whom you love, and go to the land. Watch this of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. Listen, when you are burning with anger. And you choose not to offer it to men, but you offer it to God as a burnt offering. Oh, you're not getting there. When you're burning with lusts in your body, and every part of you is standing. Can't seem to nip it in the board. <laughs> promise is laughing about the promise. Right? You're burning and you offer it to God as a burnt offering. Two burnt. Watch this. When you're burning, watch this burning with jealousy and envy about why them and not me. And you immediately say, no, 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 that's the flesh. 
and you offer it to God and say, God, my flesh feels funny, but I thank you for what you're doing in this person's life. That's a burnt offering. When they've done you bad, and you want to slap them into the depths of Sheol. <laughs> As if you know the address. Say, so my anger knows the address. And instead, you just hold back. You are about to type the text. You are <laughs> You can feel it. Let me just click send, send, send. And like the angel, you hear, my son. <laughs> and God said, send an apology. Amen. So you say, what transmission? Transmission? <laughs> so that's a bond offering. He <laughs> said, offer him there as a bond offering. One of the mountains which I shall tell you, they begin to go walk with me, walk with me. Remain standing. Abraham rose early in the morning. I'll talk about it in second service. Because Abraham rose early in the morning, he did not consult his wife, according to this text. Because there's no... Sarah, do you know what you're saying? Abraham. 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 There's hunger that's going to kill you. I'm going to shorten your name and shorten your life. Abi. 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 You're not behaving like ABBA. You're behaving like Abba, not like Abba. Abba. Abba, we be. Would have said, maybe you're beside yourself. So we're not told that he waited for people for a consensus. I'll talk about that in second service. Right? Saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son, and he split the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him, verse 4. Watch this. Then on the third day, so there is the act of worship, but there's also a journey of worship. So we all focus on the acts, but he had a journey. Sometimes when you're feeling intense and your sexual hormones are raging like a storm, and it doesn't look like Jesus is in the boat to still the storm. When you say, God, I will live for you, it's not as if the erection will become, uh, sorry, I'm using all these words. It doesn't mean the construction will become deconstructed. <laughs> A mighty edifice with that strong part of your body, you'll be walking like that. It's a journey. Come on now. Oh, can I talk? Look at your neighbor, say, I know you're holy, you're holy. But I know you're made of flesh. What's wrong? It's not what's wrong, it's what's strong. way women they also get that stuff but it's just in a different way <laughs> it's a journey because many of us have learned hypocrisy because we think God wants us perfect now there's such a thing as a journey I'm not saying everybody needs to go through the process but if we're downing a whole crate of alcohol last year and you've done only a pint this year, I think you've drawn it further into God. 
provided is not because you have no money. That you... <laughs> no, you're just waiting for the opportunity. But there's such a thing as a journey. What's the journey? As I get closer to instruction, I'm moving further away from my addiction. From my comfort. Every step in the right direction is a step further away from where he saved me from. And so he begins to go, but he still saw the place afar off, and he kept going. Now look at verse 5. Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey. The lad and I will go yonder and worship and... I'm going to close with this. God said, go and sacrifice the child. Bond offering. He didn't say go and give him a tattoo. He didn't say just rub his hair, burn his hair with fire. So this is, do you know what bond offering is? This guy's going to be, is assumed. Actually, more, he's not a goat, so he can be assumed as possible. He's lamb chop, roasted lamb. Right? Because he's a child of God. Lamb. Not goat. Steak. <laughs> And look at that now. That's what God said. This guy's going to burn. He's going to be roasted. But Abraham said, stay here with the donkey. Because donkeys don't know how to worship. Some of y'all didn't get that. Donkeys can't worship. I'll preach in second service. Look at him. Are you a donkey? So you are not a donkey. So you know how to worship. Some of you are not even saying anything. Look at your neighbor say you are not a donkey. You know how to worship. But this is the line. And we will to you. Hebrews explains to us, you can read it later. Hebrews 11, 17 to 19. He said that Abraham by faith when he was somebody shout is the test say I will pass the test say there will be some tests in 2023 but I will pass the test I won't fail the test I'll pass the test say the test I will pass the test when he was tested, the Bible does not say he tried to offer up Isaac. He actually offered him up. So don't forget what I said. The difference in the acts of worship and the life of worship. So without performing the act, God already took the offering. Without Abraham actually killing Isaac, he had already given it to God inside his heart. There is a way you journey with God that God knows I can count on Jotocho to do it. I can count on Gogo to do it. I can count on Fikaya to do it. Are you here? 
He said, according to God, he already offered up Isaac. Why? Because he moved by faith. And in God's world, faith is fact. Offered up Isaac, and he who had received the promises offered up his only begotten son, just like the promise of verse 18, of whom it was said, in Isaac your seed shall be blessed. Verse 19, concluding come on now. Somebody ought to get excited. <laughs> if you haven't heard the message, you're going to hear something now. He said that Abraham concluded. He thought about the character of God. Just like David said, I praise you because of your righteous judgments. He thought about the character of God. So worship requires consciousness. That my thinking should not obstruct my worship. But my thinking should accelerate and deepen my worship. He concluded that God was able to raise Isaac up. Sorry, Isaac up. Even from the dead. From which he also received him in a figurative sense. So Abraham was the first person in the Bible to believe in the resurrection of the dead. So what Abraham was going to do, he was not taking off Isaac with the hope of an interruption. He was taking off Isaac with the hope of a resurrection. He did not wish God would say no. He wanted to fulfill what God wanted because he knew if I give God what he wants, he will give me what I need for my God shall supply all my need according to his glory in Christ Jesus. Uh, can I preach right now? Can I preach right now? Look at verse 18, verse 18. He said, because God had promised in Isaac, your seed shall be called. So since his seed had not been called, and God said in Isaac, that means if Isaac dies, a better Isaac will resurrect. So worship says, whatever I kill in worship will resurrect in a new form. Whatever I give up for God, I'll receive more of. Whatever I lay down will rise again. Whatever I put down, God will pick up. High five yourself and say, Dami Lolo, worship. Shout worship. Shout Dami Lolo, worship. Shout worship. How did he know? the righteous judgment of God. If Isaac was going to die, he's going to raise him up. He knew that God was not going to leave Isaac dead. Why? Because Isaac means laughter. And God does not kill your laughter if it doesn't have a plan to make you laugh better than before. Weeping may endure for a night. But joy comes in the morning. I want to tell somebody, this year God will ask you for some precious seed. But when you lay them down, you're going to rise on another level. Some of you, God will say, throw a Thanksgiving party all by yourself over a situation that has kept you anxious for days. But when you do it and your flesh burns in the fire of obedience, the fourth man will show up in your fire and you will rise on another level. Somebody shout worship. Somebody shout worship. 
after he did it, he said, I know the one I worship. So he told them, he said, I and the boy will come back. Do you know, God never told Abraham, go and worship him with the son. God said to Abraham, go and burn it. God said, even if when you ask me to burn the best son I have, I see it as worship. This year, be willing to burn your best for the one who loves you the most. Worship. Worship. He was confident, you know. He said, you guys stay here. I and the boy, we're going to worship and we'll come back to you. Abraham knew. God had named the promise. God had named the child. There was no way he was going to return without the child. And when indeed, you know what God said? God said, now I know that you love me. Your life of worship produces the fruit of the act of worship. And the act of worship instructs the material element that what you say you are in the spirit is true. Are you here? Show me your faith with our works and I will show you my faith by my works. That's what James says. So Abraham was the first person to believe in the resurrection of the dead. God said, yeah, this guy are like me. You're willing to give up your only son, just like me. How do you spy the eternal agenda? Guess what? After three days of trudging through difficult places and climbing up a mountain, you were still sound in your mind and sensitive in your spirit to hear a voice from heaven. That's why I said worship is the consciousness. People have lost their minds. You know, there's some places that cause some places that cause spiritual houses, but they've abused people's minds. People are always there. Eat grass. I'm a sheep. I'm a sheep. I'm a sheep. Drink the prophet's uh, urine. Roll on the floor. That's madness. That's not worship. The physical presence of somebody all the time is not worship. It's God be conscious and willing. You know why? Someone can kill a person's child. The person didn't offer up the child. The child was murdered. That's why Jesus said, even though God is working out the agenda and the aggression of these people. He said, nobody takes my life from me. I laid down. Because if it was just murder, that would not be worship. He laid it down. That's worship. So worship is in the willingness and the consciousness. So when Jesus was on the cross, typically they tell you that when you're exposed to that degree of suffering, you should not be conscious. But part of being able to stay conscious in the middle of suffering is an expression of worship in itself. That your pain has not caused you to lose your mind. That's worship. So worship is deeper than songs and music. It's a posture of the heart. Our here, let's raise our hands to God. Raise our hands to the King. We don't have some more time in this service. Raise your voices to the king.
our hearts, our minds, and our homes to worship you all through our lives. More consciously today and this week and this month until it becomes organic. Until it becomes our life indeed. We'll set those alarm clocks just to shout hallelujah. Just the whole Takuva lead us. And we will see the difference. We will see resurrection everywhere. Thank you, Holy God. In Jesus' name, we've worshipped. Generation is rising on an emerging generation of kings. To join this growing community of kings, visit www.kingdomcentral.org and send your full name and email address to 0908-123-4566. One more thing, someone you know needs this. Kindly share this how.